The entire world revolves around Tanisan. There are an awful lot of people out there who seem to think that the entire world revolves around them. Yet logic dictates that the entire world can only revolve around one person. And that, I'm afraid to say, is Tanisan. What I'm about to tell you puts that beyond doubt. Back in January, she caught a cold and was forced to stay indoors for a while. So throughout that period, she lay on the sofa with a big box of tissues, moaning and groaning while her loyal dog's body, Mrs Ishihama, waited on her hand and foot. These are not what I ordered, grumbled Tanisan, when Mrs Ish made the mistake of bringing back the wrong type of Danish. I said the puff pastry, not the flaky. Then again, she added caustically, they're not the only thing that's flaky around here. Well, don't take them away, she then complained, when her kind-hearted companion tried to do precisely that. You may as well leave them there now. So Mrs Ish duly obliged. You know, she said, when she returned from the kitchen with Tanisan's kelp and beech twig tea, it was very busy in town this morning. I've never seen anything like it. You'd hardly move for the traffic. And the shops. It was though all of Ikebukuro was out there, grabbing what it could. I know the sales on and all that, but I didn't realise they extended to household commodities. The woman in front of me bought up their entire supply of toilet paper. Yes, said Tanisan as she nibbled on a nice slice. Well, of course, it is one of the last great paper-based technologies. Just then, she let fly with three enormous sneezes, which caused flakes of pastry to rain down about her head like brown confetti. Ugh, she moaned as she wiped her nose with the antipenultimate tissue in the box. F bastards! Not even batting an eyelid at this foul-mouthed outburst, Mrs Ish joined her on the sofa and took a dainty sip of tea. Oh, before I forget, she said, putting down her cup, here's your change. She took out her frog-shaped purse and counted two notes out into Tanisan's hand. As she did so, Tanisan's expression went from mild confusion through advanced bewilderment to total perplexity. Just a minute, she said, this is the same amount of money as I gave you, if not the same two notes. Well, yes, said Mrs Ish, who seemed quite pleased with herself. I was going to tell you about that. There was no charge for the pastries or the cough mixture. They were both completely free. Free, echoed Danizan, who was momentarily distracted by some flakes of pastry that had settled in her fringe. Yes, grinned Mrs Ish. No one wanted any money for them, so I didn't have to pay. I tried to, of course. I waited at the checkout for an absolute age, but no one came to serve me. And I'll tell you something else for free. There were people there taking advantage of the situation. I saw one shifty-eyed specimen sidling out of the premises with three packets of fermented carp. So I left a note and came away. But then blow me down if it wasn't the same at the pharmacy. I could have waited to be served until the end of days. Yet all the time there were people barging in and taking what they wanted. I really don't know what's happened to the standard of manners these days. Inured to these long-winded anecdotes... Tanisan was only half listening, being primarily concerned with an annoying bit of pastry that was jiggling about in the corner of her eye. So you left another note, I suppose, she said, when she'd managed to remove it. Well, no, I didn't have to, said Mrs Ish. You see, just then the pharmacist came running out of his office in his overcoat. And when he saw me standing there, he just waved his arm and said, take what you want and get out of here, which I thought was very generous.
Now, at last, Tarisan began to realise that this was not the usual type of patience-testing story, with no point at the end of it. So she sat upon her elbows and began to pay closer attention. And to what do you ascribe this unprecedented generosity, she inquired. Well, it's funny you should ask that, said Mrs Ish, because I've been giving it some pretty serious thought. I believe that what we're dealing with here is the perfect sale. You know how sometimes with the weather a lot of small storms come together to make one great big one? Well, I think that something similar has happened here, but in the realms of retail. All the small sales in all the various shops and department stores have somehow merged to create one gigantic super sale. The perfect sale, if you will. And now it's all starting to spiral out of control, with prices dropping like a stone and no one knowing whether they're buying, selling or giving it away. Hence the unbridled shopping frenzy and lack of customer service. Hmm, mused Tanisan, who was intrigued by the idea. Well, if that were the case, it would spell absolute disaster for the Japanese economy. Quite, said Mrs Ishihama, equally concerned. Imagine it, said Tanisan. A vast cyclone of bargains sweeping across the nation, reducing entire franchises to rubble and denuding the small shopkeeper. Not a pleasant sight, said Mrs Ish, trying not to imagine it. Not only that, it has to be stopped, said Tanisan. It's our bounden duty. And as far as I can see, the only way of doing so is by refusing to take part. We must set an example by demonstrating dignity and restraint. Well, yes, of course agreed Mrs. Ish. That goes without saying. On the other hand, continued Tanisan, we are going to feel a right pair of Charlies if the greatest shopping opportunity in the history of humankind comes along. Yet all we take away from it are a few measly pastries and a small bottle of expectorant. Ah, well, there is that, I suppose, conceded Mrs. Ish, who was nothing if not pliable. So as dignity and restraint duly bit the dust, they finished their teas and began making plans to take advantage of this unique retail opportunity. Straight away, it was decided that Mrs Ishihama would be their boots on the ground. She would be the one to contend with the crowds and do the actual shopping part, while Tanisan would assume a command and control function from her tissue-strewn sofa sickbed. As the various bargains presented themselves, Mrs Ish would phone them in. Then, based on that intelligence... Tanisan would make a decision as to whether to purchase said items or not. Unfortunately, it didn't actually work out that way. Whether it was a side effect of the cough medicine or the comfiness of the sofa, I don't know. But no sooner had Tanisan settled into her cosy place to wait for Mrs Ishihama's first call than she immediately fell asleep. Sometime later, she was awoken by the hiss of air brakes. Sitting up sharply, she looked over the back of the sofa, only to see a huge delivery truck parked in front of her house. What's this now? she complained, throwing off her blanket. But as she slipped on her shoes and went marching down the path to make life unpleasant for whoever was responsible, the driver's door swung open and Mrs Ishihama climbed down out of the cab. I didn't know what to bring, she said, so I bought a bit of everything. Tanisan stopped short and gazed at her sternly. Then slowly she walked all the way around the juggernaut while Mrs Ish just stood there, listening to her footsteps, a smile of anticipation playing about her lips. I think she was expecting Tanisan to be very impressed by this show of initiative. 
and they let you take it, just like that, said the latter, as she emerged on the other side. Yes, said Mrs. Ish. Well, no, not exactly, she said. The thing is, it had been driven into the display window of the Cebu department store and left there with the doors open. So I went inside to ask about the price, but there was no one around, so I left a note and took it. Tanisan frowned. What do you mean there was no one around, she said. When you came back from town this morning, you said that it was the busiest you'd ever seen it. Well, it was, said Mrs Ishihama, a little put off by Tanisan's lack of wide-eyed admiration. But when I went back again, they'd all gone. Poof, vanished. Downtown Ikebukuro was as devoid of citizens as Ueno Zoo Elephant House, after the hungry herd of jumbos has consumed an entire lorry load of Brussels sprouts. I think what's happened is that the customers have bought everything that it's possible to buy, and the department stores have sold everything that it's possible to sell. So they've all packed up and gone home early. This could never happen, as Tanisan well knew. There was no such thing as finite resources. Shopping was eternal. So she turned her attention to her immediate surroundings to see for herself what was going on. As it transpired, Mrs Ishihama was right in one respect. The entire neighbourhood was deserted. Indeed, there was some evidence to suggest a hasty exodus, for many of her neighbours had left doors and windows open, while old Mrs Ouya's walking frame was lying on its side in the middle of the street. But then one quick glance in an upward direction, and everything immediately fell into place. Of course, said Tanisan with a sigh. She shot her dim friend a dirty look and pointed to the sky. A gigantic flying saucer, grey, ominous and over a kilometre from side to side, was parked directly above their heads. It was plainly obvious to Tanisan what had happened. Mrs Ish had mistaken panic and looting for the perfect sale, and all because she simply hadn't thought to look up. As for the extraterrestrials themselves... They'd obviously taken advantage of Tanisan's temporary indisposition to launch an attack on planet Earth. There could be no doubt that this was their intention, for just then a forbidding-looking ray-gun thing popped out from the underside of the alien craft as it began to descend over suburban Ikebukuro, albeit tentatively. Nonetheless, Tanisan stood her ground. Don't even think about it, she snapped. The great dark ship hovered indecisively for a moment. Then all at once there was a deep hum and it began to rise. It shot up into the sky and disappeared, choosing flight over fight, just like the gigantic radioactive lizard that she'd had to shoo back into the sea the year before, tidying up other people's messes as usual. I suppose you might call it the downside of her pivotal role, not only as far as the world was concerned, but now, it seemed, the entire universe.